Okay, what's going on, guys? Welcome to a brand new episode of Energize. Today, we have a very special guest on the show. Today, we have Cage Warriors finest in the future, Gary. The future is here. What's up, boys? How are, How are you? Good, man. Good, man. Looking, man, you're looking fresh. There's that couple of one, two fresh trims right there. You're looking good, man. The beer's looking pretty, pretty, uh, pretty ground. Oh, thanks, boys. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah man. Yeah, it what's called the, you're like you're like our uh, cage warrior's very own Ollie Gunnar Solskjaer, the baby faced assassin. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think I'm ever around a beer, lads. I don't think I can. Right. Ian, Ian, thanks a million for coming back on the show. Uh, oh, you're on a month ago. Uh, how are you keeping since uh, over the last month? Good, yeah. Um, obviously, as I said last time, I'm just trying to keep a kind of a positive outlook on or outlook on this whole situation. Obviously, it's not ideal, but. It is what it is, and we're just trying to kind of take it. Thank God we've had good weather, man. Yeah. That's been the saving grace of this whole thing. Yeah. If the weather was bad, I, I, I think this whole thing would be a different story. But I know. we're blessed at the moment, so. I know. But we finally have good news. This weekend is UFC 249. Uh, after our last interview with yourself, you are like, here, you can get me on whatever you want. And then myself and Ross are like, right, this is the perfect moment, you know? Get, get, get like a, one of the biggest fighters in there, like the biggest prospects. The biggest card that everyone's been looking forward to. I think everyone will really, really enjoy this. What do you think, Ross? Yeah, I think so. Uh, people, people love to hear from me, and we got great feedback from your last show. I mean, you're the only person who's been on the Energy Show three times. Well, <laughs> actually, I didn't, I didn't even know. Yeah, that. didn't think of that. There we go. Yeah, yeah. So we're, the we're gonna have to get him a T-shirt. Else, yeah. We're gonna have to get him a T-shirt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Definitely will. Definitely will. Well, lads, UFC 239 is on this weekend. That's why everyone's tuning in, not only to listen to Ross's great <laughs> insights and the ends as well. But uh, how much are you looking forward to this, lads? It's really, really happening now. Uh, yeah, we've way. been absolutely starved for MMA. Uh, I think the last MMA event was, what, UFC Brazil? Or maybe it was, maybe it was the Cage Warriors event. I can't remember which yeah, was actually was Cage happened Warriors. last. Cage uh, Warriors. Yeah. yeah, so like, I think that was, what, over a month ago? Yeah. Closer to two months ago, you know what I mean. Uh, people have been dying for this, and like UFC are putting out all the stuff, so we're actually getting like possibly the greatest card from top to bottom ever. Yeah, Ian, what do you uh, think? Very, very good. Um, they've they've thrown all the eggs now in one basket with this card. It's it's just I don't think the common fans or the kind of just the people who will watch because their mates watch all the time are going to understand how good this card is, like from top to bottom. I could think of maybe one fight that I'll go, right, I'll go get my food for now that I'm not going to be, be bothering much. But other than that, I'm going to be glued to the couch watching this because it's going to be unbelievable. Yeah. It's just a stacked card. Like, it's blessed to have it now. And I think they've pulled it out because of this whole coronavirus thing. They're going, here, let's give the fans what they want. Just throw everything in and just give them a show. Yeah, exactly. Uh, just for people tuning in as well, for people living in Ireland and the UK, um, the early prelims kick off at half 11. The prelims kick off at one and the main card kicks off at three. Uh, we were hoping for a bit of an earlier uh, <laughs> bit of an earlier event, but like the show goes on, which is the most important thing. The parents um, will take anything at this point. <laughs> <laughs> you can start the card at 1 a.m. if you want. I don't care. I'll, I'll be there with my popcorn. Exactly. <laughs> can't be choose. Exactly, exactly. So, uh, no butter. Okay, lads, so we may as well go straight into the early prelims because usually we don't kick it off with the early prelims, but we have to. It is being headlined by Vicente Luque against Diego Price in the, welt- in the welterweight division, but also Bryce Mitchell's taking on Charles Rosa and Ryan Spann is taking on Sam Alvey. 
So, like, Ross, where should we start in the early prelims? Well, we might as well kick off with the curtain jerker. Smiling Sam Alvey, who's always a fan favourite. Uh, he's notoriously known for having his wife in his corner, which I always think yeah. is quite funny. Uh, versus Ryan Spann, who uh, is a very long uh, Dana White contender series uh, fighter, I think. Uh, look, it's a great way to open it up. 205. Uh, you'll probably end up with a knockout. If I had to pick, I'd probably go with Ryan Spann on this one. What do you think, Ian? Yeah, I think... I think obviously Sam's got the uh, the experience, I, but I don't know. I think um, I think Span's a better uh, a better fighter all around. I think he'll be able to kind of find the holes. And I do think it'll finish in a knockout. I mean, you've got two big lads at two hundred five. Yeah. You're going to be walking someone down. It look it doesn't take a big shot from a, t- a lad yeah. who's two hundred five pounds to knock someone out. It just has to be a little clip and they're down. So I do think it'll be finished. I, I think hopefully this will probably be a two round fight. And it'll be, it'll yeah. Be let, nice. let, let's get this one over nice and early and get, a, get yeah. on to the more meaty fights, exactly. Exactly, yeah, exactly. exactly. Uh, I'm gonna back my boy Sam Alvey, like my fellow strawberry bearded uh, brother. But uh, in, the, <laughs> in the next fight, obviously, Ross Bryce Mitchell's taking on Charles Rosa, like the featherweight division. What you make of this man? Bryce Mitchell could be a superstar. Uh, he was famous for us for the uh, camo shorts after his uh, fight. He also is one of only two fighters, I think, in UFC history to win by Twister. He won by Twister in the last fight. But he's got a massive step up in competition here. Uh, Charles Rosa is very, very good. He's fighting out of Boston. Uh, very well uh, versed on the ground as well. I actually think Rosa is that bit older, that bit stronger, and he'll be able to control Bryce Mitchell here. Uh, and I think Bryce Mitchell might take the L on this one, but I think he is one to watch out for for the future. Yeah, Robin, the future. I do kind of agree with you. I think Rosa is the better all-around fighter. I think he's going to have the better stand-up. Um, obviously, Bryce Mitchell's twelve and zero, and he's going to be looking for another submission. I think he's got ten submissions. Um, so. Look, if this fight goes to the ground, I know uh, Rose has got eight submissions, two knockouts. This is going to be a, a f- like a fireworks if it goes to the ground. I think there's going to be some excellent exchanges in jiu-jitsu. Um, I'd love to see Bryce Mitchell win, purely just because he's on a roll. I mean, keeping that undefeated streak is something that you don't really see in MMA um, because they take such tough fights, and it's not like boxing. You're wearing four-ounce gloves. Anyone can knock out anyone. It doesn't matter how, if you have the death touch or not. Just take one shot. Um, so I'm going to go with Rosa as well, just because of the experience. And I think he's a little bit better. But I'd, I want Bryce Mitchell to win. Also, did he get his camo shorts? <laughs> I, I bet you he'll have his camo shorts for this one. I think he'll have them. Do <laughs> like Ian Gary being like, I want the pink shorts. And Ian Gary gets the pink shorts. Bryce Mitchell get the camo shorts. said this, that when I, when I get that contract, or when, when Graham or whoever rings me from Cage Warriors, they ring me and go, you're signed. I'm like, great, cool. Give me that number because I have to make sure that they make that Reebok or whoever is in charge are going to make put in my contract that I get purple shorts. That's We're actually, building a brand here. Yeah. Brand. Look at the back of my phone. Oh, you can't even see it. My, my, <laughs> my laptop is purple. My phone is purple. purple the, future, the future is purple. The condoms are purple. But uh, <laughs> we just we just had we had Sean O'Malley on the show there uh, two weeks ago, and um, he he actually got his own signature T-shirt as well. So I mean, make sure you get that in the contract straight away, especially if it's on short notice. 
Uh, I'm going to go for Bryce Mitchell. He's just coming off an unbelievable finish there in his last fight. And, uh, and it actually seems like I'm going against the lads, but I'm sure we'll agree in future fights. But it, the main event of the prelims, Vicente Luca against Nico Price. Why should people check out this fight, lads? Both these guys come in and throw leather. Uh, I think I think me and Ian were saying beforehand this could be the fight of the night this could be a fight of the year contender these two guys get in here and unbelievable Nico Price some of his finishes are a different level his last fight he knocked out James Vick with an up kick beforehand he actually knocked someone out from the bottom with hammer fists no one's ever done that before except yeah. for Nico Price and then uh, Vincente Lucas had wars him versus Mike Perry was an absolute barn burner uh, and like him versus Wonderboy, he made that so competitive. Uh, Vincente Luque, I think he's going to get the win because I think Nico's price's chin has been, he's been clipped a few times before. Uh, Vincente Luque is quite hard to knock out. So I would say second or third round knockout by Vincente Luque. Me and you are on the same wavelength here. I think Vincente, I think this is my fight tonight. Um, I think this is going to be, I think this could be a third round finish. Um, I think Vincente Luque is going to get, get it done. Um, I think he's the better fighter. He's had the better opponents on his rise up. Like his last opponent was Wonderboy. So it wasn't. Yeah, Wonderboy. So like it's a step down in competition to Nico Price. But I just feel like Vincente Luque is the better fighter. And he's, I, I, I think he's going to get the, the TKO in round three. Also, guys, just how so, just so most people don't know this, these two have actually fought before. It's actually Vincente Luque and Nico Price too. And uh, Vincente Luque won the first one. Uh, he choked him out. So uh, I, do, I do think Vincente, he has that over him as well. You know I mean? yeah. Yeah. The massive yeah. thing to have over a fighter, knowing you've already beat them. I mean, obviously, mm. Price is going to come back now and, and want to avenge that loss. But if you've beat someone already and and... You yeah, get you, there. If you get him in a bad position, it could be game over. And I, I don't know. So I'm still, I'm still going with Vincente Luque, and I think it's going to be an absolute scrap. I'll agree with you, lads. Uh, I'd actually be interested to find out what the percentage is for people uh, winning after coming off a defeat against their opponent. But um, going into the prelims, then it's being headlined by Anthony Shotan Pettis against all Cowboys Roundy for the second time. But also on the card, Alexi on the against Fabrizio Verdum, Carlos Spires and Michelle Watterson, Uriah Hall against Ronaldo Jack Ray Souza. Lads, we should start at Uriah Hall versus Jack Ray Souza in the middleweight division. Um, two, two very, very experienced lads. Um, what are you expecting from this, lads? Uh, Jack Ray Souza, 26-8, coming off two losses to Jack Hermanson and Jan Blackwich versus Uriah Hall, 15-9, coming off a win against your mate Baz, uh, Antonio Carlos Jr., shoe face. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, look, Uriah Hall has always been sort of like a, a hype merchant. Everyone's yeah. seen it. He has all the tools in the bag to get the job done, but he doesn't show up on the night. Um, he's, still, he's still living off that... Uh... That, like, absolute, that knockout, one of the best knockouts ever in the open. Adam, Adam Selly, I think it was. Yeah. Yeah, it was unbelievable. But Jack Ray, only the very best beat Jack Ray. And Jack Ray on the ground is almost still underrated. He's probably one of the best, if not the best, Brazilian jiu-jitsu practitioner in the whole UFC. He, if not, he's up, definitely up there anyway. And I think he's going to take him down and tap him out at some stage. Even though Uriah Hall has never been submitted. Well, I'm still going to go for Jack Ray by sub, and we see the L. Gator. 
<laughs> you know, well, this yeah, is your division, man. This is your division. Yeah. <laughs> All the divisions are in divisions well, these no. days. <laughs> oh, if I want to go to lightweight, I'll, I'll cut off my arm and I'll get down to lightweight. I'd still beat them with a jab. Um, no, like, this is, this is a great fight. As you said, Uriah doesn't really show up that much. Um, he's an amazing fighter with, with such a like vast tool set to, to choose from. And he's hard to take down. Like he's not uh, he's not easy to get to the ground. So I'm gonna go with Uriah Hall on this one. I think maybe I think maybe he'll take advantage of uh Jockery on the feet and maybe he might clip him as Jockery comes in, just crack him or something. Um I think obviously if it goes to the ground, Jockery Souls is gonna just breeze through kind of the jiu-jitsu. He's phenomenal. So I'm not going to talk about this one too much. Uriah Hall will be my choice on this one. And I think it'll be by a, a KO, TKO. I'll go with Jack Ray just because Uriah Hall's commitment just doesn't seem the same. But um, we'll you know move sleep in the gym at the moment, though, Baz. You know that? Oh, yeah, you can't pay his rent, man. He's like ourselves. But uh, <laughs> in the women's in the women's show, but you'll have to stop laughing. In the women's strawweight division, Carlos Barras is taking on Michelle Watterson. Um, what are you making of this? Uh, Michelle Watterson seems to be on the rise now in the last while. Yeah, uh, Carlos Barza, 15-6, the original women's strawweight champion in the UFC. A lot of people forget that against Michelle Watterson, 17-7, coming off um, a loss against Ioannis and Jacek. Very competitive, though, all the same. Uh, I actually like Michelle Watterson against this one. I think this is actually the perfect uh, sort of blueprint to actually beat Michelle Watterson like a really good dominant wrestler like Carlos Barza should be the perfect game plan to beat Watterson but I like Watterson's movement uh, these days I think she's a better striker and I think she could be evasive enough to keep it on the feet decision win yeah no I think it's a this uh, this is a tough one now um both girls are very good I don't think there's a lot of like they both specialize, obviously the karate hottie is, is she's a stand-up fighter. Carlos Esparza looks to take it to the ground. I reckon if Esparza gets a hold of her and can kind of wear on her for a bit, I think she can she can win the fight. And I think this is gonna to go to the decision, and I think Esparza will win. Um, depending on how well she can control um Michelle Waterson. Michelle Waterson has great footwork, she's very fast, so I think if Esparza gets her game plan off early, I think she can win the fight and grind it out. She is a dog. She likes to to put a yeah. pe- like to, to put the work on people and make them tired. So I'm going to go with Esparza for this. Early yeah. take down be key, won't it? Yeah, I think even just putting putting Karate Hari on the back foot. Don't don't let her come forward. If you if if you let if you give someone with, with great striking and and she's definitely got better striking. There's no question about that. Um, if you give them free range of movement. And they start to get comfortable. That's when problems set in. Because once you get comfortable, you can start seeing the gaps. If I'm constantly on the back foot the whole time, and I want to be comfortable, and I know the cage is a foot behind me, and she's arresting, she's going to dive in for the takedown and have me against the cage and possibly hold me there for five minutes. It's, that's when kind of hesitation starts to creep in. You have to start doing stuff. So I feel like if, as far as it just pushes her forward just walks her down takes a couple of shots and pushes the cage I think she'll win this out I think she'll grind it out in a decision 
this is a fucking great idea getting Ian on the show. Um, <laughs> like, if I have a feeling this goes to decision, I, I like obviously I prefer the Crowdy Hottie to win, but if, if it goes to decision, it just makes sense in my head that uh, Carlos Perez will get the win. Um, then in the heavyweight division, <laughs> Alexi Onyanuk is taking on Fabrizio Verdum. Fabrizio Verdum is back after suspension. Uh, he's taking on the Ezekiel Cho King, Alexi oh, Onyanuk. Uh, I think Alexi had his 90th birthday yesterday, so shout out Alexi. You're not actually wrong. Onyanuk is 58 wins, 13 losses. I'm actually when I actually uh, saw Verdum's record, I was like 23 wins, eight losses. I feel like Verdum has had like close to as many fights as uh, Oli Anuk. Uh, 46 submission wins for Oli Anuk and uh, 11 submission wins for Verdum. This is a battle of two absolute submission specialists. Obviously, uh, as you said, Barry, the Ezekiel choke is uh, his go-to choke. I don't think anyone else has ever let someone get into full mount and went, ah, now I've got you uh, from the bottom. And then for Doom, obviously, like, submitted Cain Velasquez and Fedor. Like, he could be the greatest heavyweight of all time. I think on this one, this one's going to be played out on the feet. And ever since I saw Verdum do his flying knee and knock out Mark Hunt, I was like, right. And also, remember when he ran and did the jump kick against Travis Brown? I think Verdum was going to be better and more explosive on the feet. I think. Fabrizio Verdum by knockout. Hey, look, it's 265 pounds again. A jab to knock someone out. I think I don't think Olenek is going to sub Verdum. I don't think it's going to happen. I think Verdum is, is, is too good. Um, come here, if he does, then it's a massive upset. Um, but I think, I think this one's going to go to decision as well, lads. Um, I think this is going to be a, a, a battle on the ground. I think it's going to be some great exchanges on the ground, but two heavyweights, I think they're going to tire and fatigue very fast. And possibly we could have a boring round come round three and lads are swinging with the hands down, not, not guarding. So I think Verdum will win. I think it'll be by decision, possibly a knockout, depending on how fast uh, the pace is set. But um, I just don't. I don't see uh, Olenek having an answer for the striking that Verdum has. And then, look, both of them are just elite on the ground. So, really, it's whoever kind of pulls off their game the best. But I just don't see that Ezekiel being landed at all. <laughs> so, I don't see that one on the cards whatsoever. Yeah, me and a lad are in the prime. I think they'd agree with that. But, um, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I say this is probably the two oldest lads in the car taking on each other. But um, I'd say, but I'd say uh, both. Oh, definitely. Yeah, combined age, combined age. So, supposedly, Roy Hall is probably one of the, is one of the oldest on the cards as well. Um, I'd all, say both of them fought pro before I was born. Um, <laughs> I'll go for Beast over Doom if he gets sort of like the toy clinch in or something. I can see him knee in the head off uh, on the end. Up. So I'll go round three, TKO. Uh, then in the main event. On the prelims, Anthony Showtime Pettis against Donald Cowboy Cerrone for the second time. Anthony Pettis obviously won in 2012, if not 2013. Cannot believe this is on the prelims, but lads, we are very lucky to have this one. Cowboy coming off a loss against Conor McGregor. What are you expecting here, Roscoe? Um, look, Cowboy Cerrone has actually fought the, the, the three number one contenders in the lightweight division and lost all of them. Justin Gaethje, Tony Ferguson, and Conor McGregor are his last three fights. Uh, on the other side, Anthony Pettis is coming off loss to um, Ferreira and Nate Diaz. So before that, he had a win. So it's 
main evented by someone coming off three losses and someone coming off two losses. I think a lot of this boils down to who's going to want it more. Uh, both have been sort of known to, I don't really like to say, but quit in the octagon. Both have sort of said, right, I've had enough. Um, they fought one time before. Pettis won with a liver kick. And I think he's going to kick Cowboy in the liver again. And we'll have a similar result. That's just my thought on it. But uh, who knows? This could also end up being one of the fights of the night. It could be somewhat reminiscent of Cowboy versus Ferguson and Pettis versus Ferguson and some sort of mat mesh in between. Yeah, I don't think this is going to be... I don't think this is going to be as exciting as advertised, as in I don't think there's going to be blood everywhere. I think this is going to be a very, very technical fight. I think... Because obviously both guys are so well-rounded. Everyone, everyone forgets that Donald Cerrone's wrestling and jiu-jitsu is exceptionally good. Um, Pettis obviously loves his, his awkward jiu-jitsu styles. I think this one is going to be it's going to be fireworks. I just don't think it's going to be as wild as people are predicting. I think Pettis, I think Pettis is going to win. I think it's going to be by decision. Um, I don't see this. I don't think this fight is going to get finished unless it's obviously a, a, a great shot that lands or a, a brilliant combination that leads it there. But I feel like this is going to be a chess battle. I feel like both lads are going to be very careful. They're not going to. They're not going to rush in or jump on anything that they shouldn't because they know that the other guy is so good that if they capitalize, if they they miss on the capitalize, they're going to be in in shit. So I think it's going to be a great stand up exchange. I think Cerrone might try to take it to the ground a couple of times and see can he test Pettis' jiu-jitsu, but I see Pettis getting the, the decision win. Yeah, I'll go for Pettis in the second round stoppage. Um, Has that been a bit sad if Cowboy Lee was four in a row? Yeah. It's, no, it's, I don't think so. It's it's Cerrone. Like, when you look at his last three opponents, they're on, like, come here. You, you look at the three people that, are fought, that he fought. You cannot argue that losing to them is a bad thing. Tony Ferguson has lost in eight years. Do you know what I mean? Justin Gaethje is the next thing in the lightweight division. Yeah. And then you've got Conor McGregor. So there's no shame in losing to any of them. As I've said before, if you're fighting the best, you're going to lose at some stage unless you are completely and utterly just focused on it. He's, he, and he is. But like, You've got a family, you've got you've got bills and stuff to worry about. That that creeps in the back of your mind. So if he's not fully committed to it, then it is and come here, I'm telling you now, when you look at him and Connor, there's no way Connor cared about anything else that was going on around him other than that fight. Yeah. And I I, I just know that that's the way Connor's built. So when you're in that situation, you've just gotta be, you've just gotta keep pushing through and hope for the best. And I think there's a great fight for both of them. Both of them are coming, not towards the end of their career, but they just want the good fights to, to sit down, have the fans watch, put on a show, and, well, leave their name in, in, in the legacy. Like, I mean, Cerrone's up there as one of the best to ever do this. Not, not in the sense of records or anything, but he's easily one of the most entertaining fighters to watch. So that's yeah. something to take away from all this. I think, yeah, even though you, both, you still said uh, Pettis to win both years, I think it's going to be the same thing again, lads. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I agree. I think I think Pettis will win. Yeah, but what's your, do you think Cerrone will still get on the Wednesday card even if he loses? 
<laughs> no, 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 I don't think Stormy's going to get another fight this week. Just the one should do. If you're fighting Anthony Pettis, that should be enough for you in the one week. Yeah, but you know, he knows I don't know. He's, I don't know. He's, he's mad. He might, he might get the second card. Yeah. Um. Before we go into the main card, lads, uh, I heard that Paul Felder is going to be doing live commentary from his own house. Um. Does that mean Joe Rogan's going to be at home as well, or what's the story there? Oh, that's actually very interesting because I assume I thought Joe Rogan had initially said he was going to be there. Exactly. I I think Joe Rogan will be there. But why would they pull up? Yeah. I don't know. Um, but they're not be more cutting across each other if they're not beside each other now. They're going to be doing like a live there. Zoom from the home. That won't be as good, lads. No. no also, like Felder's like internet connection might go. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, Joe Rogan's might, gonna go. Might, <laughs> it might slack a second. So. Yeah. You might be watching it and the video will be going ahead and then you're, it, that'd wreck my head. Do you ever watch a film and you pause it and you play it again and the mountain is all off on it? Oh man, tell me about it. So that would wreck my head if, that's, uh, if that happens. So I don't know. Yeah, so there could, be a, there could be a fight companion. That would be enormous. Yeah. Wouldn't it? Oh, 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 not just do Rogan and Anik, no? Possibly. That's possibly what's going to happen. Well, I just—I'm like, like, sure people are thinking of that now. I think it'd be different if Joe Rogan was like, "I'll do one from my home." People are like, right, that's fine. I think people accept that. But like, I don't people. Are like, I don't think people are like don't need to hear. Paul Felder is very good, but I don't think people are like clamoring to hear what he has to say. I hope there's a fight companion. That'd be deadly, and it'd also give me an extra two and a half hours or something to watch in this quarantine. Exactly, exactly. But well, uh, uh, before we get into main card, everyone, if you're enjoying the show. Make sure to hit a like. Make sure to subscribe because I think like 85% of the people that check out the videos haven't actually subscribed. So uh, that's very yearable. And uh, let us know your fight picks. So we're going to get into the main card. It is being headlined by Tony Ferguson against Justin Gaethje for the interim lightweight title. Uh, Henry Cejudo is taking on Dominic Cruz as well for the bantamweight title. Uh, can't wait to get into that. Francis Ngannou is taking on Jairzina Rosenstrike. Uh, Jeremy Stevens is taking on Calvin Catter. And Greg Hardy is taking on Jorgen De Castro. Lads, we should start with Greg Hardy taking on Jorgen De Castro. Uh, two heavyweights. <laughs> um, what do you really expect from oh, lads? I'd, I'd actually happily like, skip this for you. Uh, <laughs> like, this fight, I have absolutely like, zero interest in it. <laughs> uh, I actually hope Jorgen De Castro goes out there and just knocks him out in the first round. I don't even have anything against Greg Hardy, uh, like, personally, like, whether he did or didn't do what he did or whatever, all that sort of stuff. I don't really care, but like, being from Ireland, I, like, I don't see him as that famous, so I don't actually care. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if that's bad or not. But, like, in fairness, he took a few lickings off Volkov, but, like, that could have been moved to one of the other cards, and I would have been fine with it. I think me, you're on the same wavelength. This is my order your dominoes, get your drinks, go to the shops, go, go do something fast, because I don't really have any interest in this fight, especially when you have, like, Olenek and Verdun down there as a as a heavyweight fight, I think that's that's more than enough heavyweight action mm-hmm. than I need. I don't need to be watching these two. Don't get me wrong, I think they're both they're both very good. I actually wanted I think I think the Castro is gonna is gonna win this. Mm-hmm. I um, don't actually rate Greg Hardy at all. Um This this think, is the one that I call the sleeper. This is the one as in like I could fall asleep when this fight's about to happen because I don't care about it and then yeah. miss the rest of the card. Yeah, uh, but I, I I I this is when I'd go get my I'd go I take my break. I'd go on my phone, or I'll go do something. I don't really care about this. And then the four fights after this are just straight up fire. So I'm. Uh, you I can text me. You can t- you can text me and Jordan and be like, "Geez, Ross, you got all the picks right." 
Couldn't listen to you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, lads, uh, for some reason, I'm just sort of predicting it now. It's going to be like Miocic against Verdum. I think Greg Hardy's going to sort of lunge in and the Castro's just going to knock him out. That's what ideally will happen. So uh, yeah, but Castro's good, man. Um, yeah. and, and to be honest, Greg Hardy isn't isn't that technical. So, and I don't know what his game plan is. Like I don't know what he. I still don't know what like what his his style is. He just looks like he's kind of a bit clueless in there and just looks to swing. I think the Castro's very good. He's six and zero. Just catch. I think you'll catch him with an overhand left, possibly. Yeah. Just kind of a. I think, yeah. I think, I, his last fight was um, I think it was Oh he knocked out uh, Taffa Yeah the, but isn't that, it was not in Australia or New Zealand so like that was yeah. against the home crowd and came out and uh, disappointed the crowd so the party pooper you'd almost call it. Like, I, 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 think, I think he's won all his UFC fights in the first round hasn't he? Who knows <laughs> Hopefully Hopefully Yeah, yeah, yeah that's what I mean as in, as in like hopefully he keeps on winning his fights in the first round yeah. Hopefully yeah. Well I think it's going to be the cost of by a knockout I don't want yeah, to hopefully so. Yeah. Well, lads, next fight, Jeremy Stevens taking on Calvin Catter. This one has been talked about by a lot of people saying this could potentially be a fight of the night. Lads, Jeremy Stevens, Calvin Catter, featherweight division. Roscoe, take it away, bud, will you? Yeah, Jeremy Stevens, uh, 28 and 17. He's coming off three three losses, but that's never sort of stopped uh, Stevens four. He lost to Zabit, Yair, and Aldo. And then Calvin Catter is 20 and four. He also come off a loss against Zabit. Uh, Calvin Catter is as game as they come and he's definitely one to watch out for in this featherweight division uh, in terms of his actual fighting style uh, he's very very aggressive uh, he, his technique is always on point and he, he was supposed to fight to beat in Boston which is where he's from they were like oh we want to move you to the Moscow card and he was like no problem went over to <laughs> Moscow fought to beat in Moscow and then he lost the first two rounds, but he was winning the third round. That was a five-round fight. Like That looked like Catter was changing the tide there, and he was going on to win there. I think Catter just technically is that bit better than Stevens. Stevens has this thing where you know, he's very good for the first round. He looked quite technical. But like once he gets punched in the face, it looks like all bets are off, and you know the caveman comes out. He just wants to swing. I think you're right. Um, look, the biggest thing... Jeremy Stevens is known for is when Connor ripped him. So like that, that's I know, that's isn't crazy. it? Like that's hilarious. No, every it's time he got selfie with Baz. Yeah, the selfie with me open the summit. Every time I see it, that's exactly what comes into my head. And just, just about how much Connor ruined his entire career with one sentence. Like it's so. Hold cool. on, um, Ian, whose career did he ruin more? <laughs> Jeremy Stevens or Jose Aldo? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, definitely Jeremy Stevens. No one, no one allowed you a left hook from Connor. Do you know what I mean? Jer- the amount of people I'd say that wreck is like, oh, who the fuck is that? Oh guy? my god! The streets. Oh, he'd be, I'd be walking around with like a brush, swinging it at people <laughs> in the face. that to me. But um, to get into the fight, I think this is going to be. I think we're going to be treated to a, a a decision here, lads. I think this yeah. is going to be a three round war. I think, as you said. Ross, I think we're on a we're on a very same wavelength here. Um, I think, I think both of them are both very technically sound. Jeremy Stevens obviously has that that knockout power, like stiff someone and they're done. So it, you've got to be careful about that. Always oh, great leg kicks. Um, he uses them very well. So I think if Kelvin Cater can get in, can get in his face, put him on the back foot. 
don't let Stevens dictate where the fight goes. Don't let him, don't let Stevens dictate the pace. Don't let him dictate where it's happening and how it happens. And, and I know that sounds a bit stupid, but when you're in control of a fight and there's another person standing in front of you and you decide to move backwards and they follow, when they're mimicking your movements, you can react and take, for example, like Jamie Stevens is going to have to use that um, leg kick to kind of slow Cater's movement down and stop him. So if he can kind of bait him in and crack him with a couple of those low leg kicks and, and hurt him, I think that could be a game changer in the fight. I do think if Calvin Cater goes out with the right game plan, he can get a decision win. I don't think this is going to be a finish. Obviously, it always can be. It's four-ounce gloves. My nan could knock me out if she was wearing them. So I think uh, Calvin Cater with a, a three-round decision, probably the... Uh, to 29 28 maybe yeah I, I like that i think i think i have catered down for a decision as well i think that'd be my outcome now i think it'd be a great fight though and obviously as you said when when stevens get hits he looks to swing so hmm. that knockout was always there if he cra- if he catches someone oh, could be good night Basmo. Like, uh, like obviously, looking at Jeremy Stevens' KO of RDA in the welterweight division, you're like, Jesus Christ. But, um, but the, the way you were describing, he could go into um, caveman. Mm-hmm. What's that? What'd you say? Caveman what? Uh, caveman, caveman mode. Caveman mode. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think Calvin Carter could just be more technical and just uh, bring to a decision and get the win. There we go. Now we're moving into the big dogs, Barry. We're moving into the big dogs. Here we go. Francis Ngannou is taking on Jairzinho Rosenstruck in the heavyweight division. Um, Lads, what what are we expecting here? Uh, If there was ever a song for this, it would be saying, here comes the boom. Oh, here we go. Uh, Francis Ngannou, 14-3 versus the undefeated uh, Jairzinho Rosenstruck, 10-0. Ngannou's last three fights. Junior DeSantos, Cain Velasquez, and Curtis Blades combined two minutes altogether, and he knocked all three of them out. Now, if that ain't fearful power, I don't know what is. Uh, did you guys watch the embedded with Ngannou getting out of the ice bath? Oh, he's absolutely uh, jacked. He what is. He's a monster. For people that don't That's know. That's what I look like when I get out of baths, lads. <laughs> yeah, when, uh, when we were over in New York for UFC, what was it, 217? Um, yeah, uh, and Ganu what boy, and literally there was like a total eclipse. He was enormous. <laughs> yeah, he could, he's, play, he could play the thing in a uh, fantastic four. But, yeah, uh, without without a suit. <laughs> Ross, yeah, Ross, you have to you have to hype up in Ganu now. But tell us a bit about Rosenstruck. Uh, Rosenstruck undefeated. Uh, he actually like split Alistair Overeem's face in two in the last fight. You know what? He's almost similar to Derek Lewis in a way. He's in the fight right into the last second. He uh, actually knocked out Overeem at 4 minutes 55 seconds of the fifth round. So he's in this fight right to the very end. But in saying that, we all saw what happened when Nganu fought Overeem. Uh, I think uh, you almost knocked him out of the octagon with that uppercut. So I actually really fancy Nganu for this one. Rosen Strike is a brilliant striker. I think he had 90-odd uh, kickboxing fights and he won 87 of them. Uh, he's obviously very well versed on the feet, but he took five rounds to get over him out there. Nganu took one, and I think Nganu will be able to land. And when Nganu lands, it's night night, Irene. Come on, Irene. <laughs> uh, so, 
uh, Rosenstruck is definitely the better technically sound striker. Um, I don't think he has as much devastating KO power as, as Ngannou has, but at the same time, I don't think anyone does. Um, yeah. I don't think we can compare... Obviously, everyone's going to compare the, the Alistair Overeem fights, um, but I, I don't think it's fair to kind of judge them off the same opponent due to just stylistic matchups, change up something like... Ngannou's a bigger threat. He's just a bigger person. You don't want to try walk him down. So, and also, Ngannou sparked over him before he fought Rosen. Uh, before over him fought Rosen. So then he was trying to play the little bit, a bit of a smarter game because yeah. he knows what happens when he walks people down. So, I don't want to use the comparison of over him um, too much um, because stylistic matchups change everything. But uh, I think that this is going to be either one of two ways. I think it's either going to be, like, they both just come out and swing. (laughs) Like, just just stand there, tie a rope to feet, and just let them swing. Um, I think Ngannou is going to get the knockout. Um, Or I could possibly see a boring 15 minutes. Like Derek Lewis and Ngannou. Either Mm -hmm. Overeem and Ngannou or Lewis and Ngannou. Yeah, so I, I exactly, I, I, I could see the boring fifteen minutes and and scraping a win, but with this whole coronavirus, I'm hoping that the two lads are itching to get the knockout. <laughs> exactly, they're just coming out and swinging and like hoping for the best. So I think in Ganu by knockout or possibly Rosenstruck by decision. So when you brought up a great point there. Like, if some people get early finishes, say a twelve-second knockout, shadow proper twelve, they could be like, "Here, get me on that card on Wednesday or Saturday," you know? Yeah, especially yeah. the heavyweights. It, yeah, but the if heavyweights, you're there, no, could wait. Well, if you're yeah, there, you're there, you know. Yeah, two paydays. Heavyweight. Yeah. Then, <laughs> uh, lads, I'm gonna go for Francis and Ganu. I'm gonna hope it's not a Derek Lewis and Ganu fight. I'm gonna hope it's more of an Overeem and Ganu fight. I'm gonna go Francis and Ganu second round knockout. <laughs> so, lads. We're going to get into a, the bantamweight division. The Triple C, Henry Cejudo, is taking on Dominic Cruz for the bantamweight title. Lads, what you make of this? This is, uh, this is something that I wasn't really like, hyped on in the beginning. And now, as it's been building up, as I watched the UFC countdown, I was like, oh, I cannot wait for this. Ross, we what, have, are your, what are your thoughts? Before we have we, triple the Can we just all agree that Henry Cejudo is like the most annoying <laughs> the king of like, cringe whatever about Kobe Covington ah oh, like I love I love Cejudo but man he bend the knee to triple C oh like he just he wrecks my head yeah but that, it's brilliant like that's that's you know, what maybe he makes people talk about him yeah did you watch him on, uh, when he done an interview with Brendan Schaub yeah no well, I, 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 actually I think it was Food Truck one I think it was Food Truck yeah, yeah, and he's just he's just hilarious. Like yeah. I, I, I was I was just laughing. I was like, this fella is gas. Like he's he like you know the whole thing's an act, which makes it even better. The fact that he's going in there and taking the piss out of these guys and online, and then he goes in and he's a world class athlete. That makes us all better. Sean O'Malley, Sean was saying that as well on the show. He's like, oh, he's making the bandweight division very cringe. <laughs> but he is. They, yeah. they, like like the flyweights were nearly gone. And now he's the champ and they're back because 
he's a savage fighter and he actually brings the eyes to the division. Demetrius Johnson yeah. was one of the best fighters of all time. Boring. Yeah, I just want I just want to get in and get a get a win. Do you know what I mean? Like he just does there was no kind of pizzazz or or no, there wasn't any, a fighting fighting style. Oh his fighting style was amazing. But yeah. Oh come here, look, there's as no if, way as if you didn't know. As if you didn't yeah, know. Yeah, <laughs> there's no way this fighting style isn't isn't amazing. But for the, the common fan, that's not what draws them in. It's it's the shit talk before, it's the hype leading up to it, and they're like, oh, I wanna watch this fella get knocked out or so right, Ross, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Go on. No, no, you're mean. grand, you're grand, you're grand. You have to get in there. Right. Henry Zahudo, 15 and 2. The current Bantamweight champion. <laughs> sort of still the flyweight champion because no one's won that belt since. An Olympic champion. There's his triple C coming up against Dominic Cruz, 22 and 2. Henry Zahudo's two losses are ironically to Joseph Benavidez and Demetrius Johnson, who Dominic Cruz has beaten. And Dominic Cruz is coming off a four-year hiatus. His last fight was a loss to Cody Garbrandt at UFC 207. He fought three times in 2016. Then before that, his last fight was 2014. One fight. And then before that, he had his last fight was 2011. Dominic Cruz is the most sporadic fighter in UFC history. But he's also one of the best fighters in the UFC history. This is really an interesting match just due to we don't know what Dominic Cruz is going to step into that octagon. What he doesn't believe Cruz? ring what's Cruz? What Dominic Cruz are you expecting, Ross? I expect a very high, high level Dominic Cruz. I expect Dominic Cruz to uh, be uh, Uriah Faber for the UFC Championship uh, at 199. That's who, that's who I see uh, getting the job. That's who I see coming into the octagon. Whether that Dominic Cruz is good enough to be Henry Cejudo, I don't think so. I think Henry Cejudo is getting better and better in each performance. He was phenomenal against uh, Mighty Mouse. He was even better against Dillashaw. And then he was incredible against Marlon Marais. I think Dominic Cruz is sort of pity patty, uh, you know, touch, move and get hit, uh, move and don't get hit uh, style isn't going to be enough against Cejudo. Cejudo is willing to eat shots from Marais to get in there and get the kill. And I think he's going to be doing, willing to do the same against Dominic Cruz. Yeah. Again, I agree with you. I do think I see Cejudo coming away with the victory here. I do think this is going to be a, a um, uh, fight. I don't think we're going to get a finish here. Um, obviously, depending on how well uh, Dominic Cruz comes into the fight and how well conditioned he is and how just just his mindset behind it. He's been off for a long time, as you said. What what are like he wants to come in and make a show of Cejudo and lads he cements his legacy as the best bantamweight ever if he wins this fight like there's no way he's going to Sorry, who's, who's that now? Oh, Cruz. Uh, Cruz. Cruz, yeah. He he wins this fight against the Triple C, who's the. <laughs> You're on it now. You love it. <laughs> I, I I absolutely love it. I hate it and I love it at the same time. It's brilliant. You hate but that you love it. If, if, if he gets if he gets to win here. He's fighting for legacy, so I, I'm on the fence about this one. I, I think after the first round, I'll, I'll have a, a, a judgment. But um, if I was betting just purely off momentum alone, I couldn't not go for Henry Cejudo. I think the, we've, seen, we've seen how well he, um, he performed against uh, Dillashaw. We've seen how well he performed against Marais. 
I'm not going to talk about the, the Mighty Mouse fight because I think that could have went either way. Um, so, yeah, this really is... It's going to be a, a battle of will, I think. I think Henry Sudo is going to look to go in and put a pace on Dominic Cruz and push him to the cage. <clears throat> I don't think he wants to allow Dominic Cruz to use that awkward, very strange movement on the outside. He's exceptionally good at just, just jabbing people in the face and using that footwork to get in around. He's also a great wrestler. So I don't know what well, there's no comparison in wrestling. Suhudo by far takes the, the, the cheese on that one, but I could see Dominic Cruz getting getting the win if it goes to decision. But I think Suhudo win. Like, to be honest, I wouldn't mind what what whatever way this goes. I just want a good fight, and I think we're good, definitely going to get it. Um, once Cejudo doesn't sit back, I don't want Cejudo to sit back and think about Dominic, Dominic Cruz's movement too much. I want him to be the aggressor. I want him to push him forward and force Cruz to have to do some of the stuff that he wouldn't necessarily want to do rather than let him get comfortable. I think that would be the deciding factor. Don't forget to wake up, Asmo. Oh, no, that's two shows, bro. Um, what's it called? Uh, so you're going for Cejudo, the both is, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, right. In the build-up to this, I was like, right, Henry Cejudo's going to win this. Then after watching back highlights of Dominic Cruz and the way he moves, I'm like, I don't know how Cejudo's really going to, like, how he's going to actually... Nullify it. Yeah, I don't, like, I just can't see it. Dominic Cruz, if, you, if, you've, if you've watched the fight throughout this week, like... His movement is on just a different level. I don't know who you could compare it to the way he drops everything. I know Cody Garbrandt absolutely smacked the head off him. So if like if that Cruz comes in, then it's not going to be a good night for Dominic Cruz. But Henry Cejudo is only like he was getting picked apart against Marlon Moraes, whose gas tank went, and he was getting loads of kicks to the legs. Cejudo realistically is a flyweight; he's not a bantamweight. And if Dominic yeah. Cruz does keep distance, keep kicking the legs, and like doesn't let Cejudo get in and give him the toy, the, the, the getting the clinch, that's when he's going to be in his biggest trouble. The problem, the problem about kicking against Henry Cejudo is you kick him and he catches and he not and he sees that kick, he telegraphs it. You're on your back. Yeah, you I know. I know. Amazing wrestler like him. So I think there's not with Marlon Marias. He had a, again a different game plan. Marlon Marias has a lot more power in his hands than Dominic Cruz has. So yeah, I wouldn't argue that he can afford to to throw that kick and load up on that kick. In the sense that if he misses, it, it's not too much because he's not going to be rushing forward as much. Because if he rushes and he faints the kick and cracks him with the right hand, so who does going like that? So yeah. I don't think that is as much of a, a threat with Dominic Cruz. So if Dominic Cruz is to stay on the outside and try to play that leg kick game, I think he could be end up sitting on his back for 25 minutes if, if, if it happens. So this is where, this is where skill and, and how well someone sees something. I think. TJ Dillashaw has amazing movement and it's rivaling Dominic Cruz. It's not as awkward, but it's, it's up there with, with some of the best movement in the UFC. And he didn't look to have that much of a problem with it then and I don't think he'll have that much of a problem with it now. I just think he has to push the pace on him and keep him pressured and make sure he doesn't get comfortable. Yeah, but that, like that TJ, uh, TJ Dillashaw fight at, at Flyweight, that was... Uh, like that, that TJ Dillashaw just wasn't... He didn't look right. He looked so yeah, malnourished. No. And he, but, like, I, I, I can just see Cruz peppering him. But, like, who knows if he gets the kicked in the legs, how long his knee, like his legs will last as well because how many yeah. surgeries he's had. 
that's that's the thing. That's that's why I've, I've right now I'm I'm going with Tommy Cruz just because he is a bantamweight and Zero is a flyweight. It's just bully come in. I mean, we can't all agree. Does that mean when I go to middleweight, you're gonna go for middleweight? Oh man, you you will be a middleweight. But, uh, <laughs> that was like uh, Ross. Oh, Ross texted me the two years. Text me beforehand. The people didn't know. Being like, you better pick Cruz. So, lads, uh, <laughs> another interesting question after this. I know I've gone for Dominic Cruz. The two years have gone for Henry Cejudo. What happens after this? What would you like to see happen after? Oh, you sort of want to see the Jose Aldo fight. Like I'm, I'm, I'm so like so old on it. If you know what I mean. Jose Aldo versus uh, Jose Aldo versus the winner. Yeah, uh, with Jose Aldo against fucking Dominic Cruz in the bandway, like be unreal. Yeah, it'd be class. Like I know Peter Yan's there, and you know what? He probably deserves that merit. And Aldermen Sterling's there, and they probably deserve that merit. And Ian, you you probably have a better uh, opinion on this because you know you're a young dog on the rise up, and you know I mean these older guards are sort of like you know clogging up the division. But I just want to see Peter Yan versus Aldermen Sterling. That's the way I want to see it. Yeah, I, I'm very much in that same scenario. I really want to see that fight take place. Um, I think that's that's a potential fight of the year. I think both lads are there to to go in and get the win, and they'll do anything they can to get the win. I feel a sneeze coming on, so I do it. I'm going to try to hold it off. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, I think Aljamain Sterling and PDF is, is a great fight. I don't really see the Jose Aldo kind of bandwagon here I don't I'm not mad about it um, so I don't really know I think if I was to pick a fight after this I wouldn't mind seeing Dominic Cruz versus Holy Aldo if that was a potential kind of number one contender um, shot if Dominic Cruz does go in and maybe lose a five round decision and it's very it's a split decision maybe or something and he wants to get back in and try to get a win I wouldn't I, I would like to see Henning Cejudo and the winner of Aldermen Sterling Peter Yan. I think that is a great scrap. And then look, you've got Marlon Marias there again who who can step back in and and batter anyone at any time. Well I think I think Henry Tudor wants to fight Dominic Cruz. I think he wants to fight Jose Aldo and I think he wants to fight Frankie Edgar as well. I think they're like his hit list. Yeah but like treat them as towards the end of their career. So like Yeah but I think he wants to chalk them off be like a fall him I and a fall him and a fall him. He wants, he wants to have that yeah. And also he wants to make money He wants to make money off it Like I mean Peter Yan doesn't really sell As much as uh, Frankie Agri you know? No he doesn't No but wait I think I think Cejudo wants to do so, what, Like a, a GSP Or A John Jones has done When you look back At their resume And you see The names On that list And you're seeing like a John Jones I'm not going to rattle it off now but Has possibly The most impressive list Of names Ever mm. It also it also uh, helped him that they were playing hot potato with the light heavyweight belt. It was like, uh Shogun had a, but Machida had it for him, and Evans had it for him, and then uh, Griffin had it, and then uh, Rampage had it because they all had the belt as well. It makes it even look even better. And it, and it was it was a, it was a time where everyone could beat everyone, and there was no clear like best in the division. Here comes this young kid. Hold my beer. Let me take care of this. And that, I think that's very much what Cejudo's doing. If he beats Cruz, Aldo, and Frankie Edgar, they're up there in the argument. Like they're prob- all three of them are in the argument for kind of like, well, at least Dominic Cruz and uh, Aldo are up there for one of the, uh, the best ever in the division. Yeah. So, Band- yeah. Former bandweight champion, former featherweight champion, and former lightweight champion. Edgar, 
uh, Aldo and then Cruz. Yeah. Yeah, like, but that's what I mean. I think you're, you're solidifying a legacy mm. there if you beat but, the Germans. But also, uh, Cejudo's looking to fight uh, Volkanovski as well. He's like, he's like, I want to. You want to be like the UFC Triple C? Here, if he does that, fair play to him. Yeah, he's unbelievable. <laughs> Quadruple C. I, I really don't want to see that. I'd, also, I'd, rather, I'd rather Cruz won than for yeah. Aldo for the title. But then uh, Cejudo, if he, if not, hopefully if he loses, just if he loses, then take on um, Cody Garbrandt for the flyweight title because Cody Garbrandt says he I wants don't know what the story is with Cody Garbrandt. Yeah. I don't know what he'll be doing. I don't. I don't know. We'll see. Lads, can we can we also agree that uh, Dominic Cruz is actually probably the best trash talker in the UFC? Like the intelligence behind his trash talking is brilliant. He's like. How are you going to beat me? It's like, well, I will. It's like, yeah, but what are you going to do? Like, you're going to arrest me? You're going to strike me? And then everyone's like, well, I'll let strike you. It's like, yeah, you probably won't be able to touch me. It's like, well, then I'll let crap It's like, ah, you won't be able to get a hold of me. And you just make the show of everyone. Uh, He's unbelievable. Moving on to the next fight, right? That's the best. That, that idea, that thing with that good, I know I'm skipping ahead here. There's a little bit here that, that Tony Ferguson may have May have got the best trash talk in of this fight, and I'll wait to, I'll wait to say it. I'll let, uh, I'll let right, Adam, give us the yeah. intro there. Will okay, we, okay, we get into it now, right? For the interim lightweight title, the main event, Tony Ferguson's taking on Justin Gaethje. Lads, we were meant to get Khabib versus Tony Ferguson. Now we have Tony Ferguson versus Justin Gaethje, which is uh, probably more of a, like a fan-friendly fight. Would you agree or disagree, lads? Yeah, oh, Tony okay. Ferguson. 25 and 3, the longest winning streak <laughs> in lightweight history in the UFC. Justin Gaethje, I think he's 21 and 2. He's yeah. had six fights in the UFC and seven bonuses. Who the hell gets more bonuses than fights? Justin Gaethje does. This fight is an absolute fan <laughs> favor. It's absolutely undeniable. Um, if, if people weren't so, you know, starred for Ferguson versus Khabib, people would be like, Ferguson Gaethje. That is the fight. Anyone Gaethje. Anyone Gaethje. (laughs) Justin Gaethje is an absolute animal. Like, he he just loves it. He breathes it. And then Tony Ferguson, like, they need to, like, do, like, a forensic mental study on this fella because, like, he's he's next level. Like Crazy. There's no arguing it. We can all see it. I mean, you have a big quote down to welterweight, right? Yes. If someone pulled out of a fight against you, Five days beforehand, would you step on the scales and make weight if you and you weren't paid for it, just for the crack? Not a fucking hope. When like, you saw that, what did you think? Well, I, I know that's a that's a completely different scenario. I understand why he done that, but I also don't. I understand that he was going. Look, I'm here. I'm ready to make weight. I made weight. I can make weight. Khabib's at home eating tiramisu. Do you know what I mean? He's taking the piss out of him. <laughs> But like the one, the one downside to this fight, and I don't want to be a party pooper here. If Gaethje wins, we're not going to see Ferguson and Khabib, lads. It won't happen. I know it won't, because what will happen is Ferguson will probably fight Connor next, and Connor will probably beat him if he cracks him, because he gets hit a lot. So that's the one kind of negative I have about this is. Justin Gaethje is exceptionally good and he could definitely come away with a win from this if he goes in and he, he looks for the dog fight. Um, I, I just, 
Dana White has been saying online this week, I can guarantee with this fight it's going to be fireworks. I think he's absolutely 100% right with this. I don't see how this fight isn't a barn burner. Tony Ferguson looks to walk forward, utilize very weird techniques and and weird rolls. Extremely innovative. <laughs> he's just, he's just crazy, man. He doesn't care. He, he likes to get hit. He hits and he hits back. I think he, and he's got the death touch as well. He has got, he is the capability yeah. of sleeping anyone. Um, great body shots as well, actually. A lot, right. of, a lot of people don't really makes, know that. I suppose he even makes lightweight, you know what I mean? Like he was, he's yeah. lightweight, like, you know? Ah, he's huge. But he's got such, and he's got such a well-rounded game. His wrestling is brilliant. His grappling is phenomenal. It's very awkward. It looks Darts is from everywhere. Shots from everywhere. Darts is everywhere. He looks to u- utilize elbows exceptionally well. I think he's the better all-round fighter. I think Gaethje is going to look to keep this on the feet. Mm. I don't think Ga- Gaethje is going to look to wrestle at all. I actually don't think has Gaethje shot in for a single takedown in his whole fight, in his whole career. I don't think he uh, has. May- maybe once when he was rocked, I think and that was it. Are you sure? I don't think. I he think has. so. Maybe I think he. he has, I, I, I think he shot in on Poirier at one stage. I'll have to go back to when he was that, fading away. He, yeah, I think he, uh, he has he has gone for a takedown on anyone, and that makes you think it's not the time to start taking people down in in a pro fight in a, on such a big stage, especially when your opponent's Tony Ferguson. Um, so I I, I don't know how to call this lads. I can't sit here and call it, but I just can't. This is going to be one of those ones where I'm only going to call it. As soon as that bell goes, ding, ding, ding. As soon as it's um, over. Ian, <laughs> you, you have to call it. It's the preview show. That's oh, the whole I point know, of I the know, show. I, to call it. I think... Uh, if I was a bet... Before, before you call it, before you call it, is Tony Ferguson have to make him wait at 155 a couple of weeks ago and now fighting again, going to have to make weight again? It, like, what will that do to his body? Do you think, like, that's obviously not going to help. Yeah, it's not ideal. But it depends on how severe the the, the, the actual weight cut was. Um, he obviously wasn't making even the time frame to make it. So he could have just been sitting there. And he was already more or less on weight. I think, what, when was the fight? Cancelled the week before? So. Yeah, give or take, yeah. Something around that area. So he would have already been probably about 165. So he probably just went, you know, I'm just going to make weight, make a point. It'll get me a lot of publicity. It's a smart move from him and his management team. Um, it definitely got a lot of publicity. And I don't think it affected him that much. Um, not, not to the point where he won't be. It'll, it'll change anything in his game for this fight. I think you could, Tony could walk in there with a broken leg and not care. Do you know what I mean? He's just mad, mad. So... Right, if I'm betting on it, I'm going to go just engage you by knockout. Oh, my God. I didn't think you were going to say that. Well, I'm going to do uh, Tony Ferguson, third round TKO. Uh, we've seen him do it to many people before. He, I think he's going to wear him down. And I don't think Gaethje has five rounds in the tank. Ross, that's, I'm going to agree with you there, man. Uh, I was... That's what I, I, I think that it's just the pace... You know what? Gaethje's almost Tony. like Vitor Belfort. It's like... If you survive the storm, you have a very good chance to beat them. That's the thing, yeah. Yeah, I, I think both of, both, of, both of what you're saying is absolutely 100% correct. And that's why I'm saying Gaethje by knockout. I think he has to go out there and, and, and finish this fight early. I don't think yeah. it's 
the longer this fight goes on, the better Tony's going to be. Yeah. And he, I, I, that thing that he said, um, Gaethje said earlier on about the best trash talk, Gaethje was like, oh, I haven't been able to breathe through my nose. Did you see that, lads? Yeah, he's very nasally when he talks, yeah. Oh, he wants to get his nose fixed or something, so I hope he's he getting it. Uh, oh, he he just wants me to hit him in the liver. He does, he, yeah, yeah. He, he he just doesn't want me to hit him in the body. Oh, yeah, yeah, he, that's what you call genius. And I I I lads, I don't know. I'm just gonna sit here and chopping and change my 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 outcome. But I want Tony. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. I want to see Khabib Tony. I want that fight to happen. I don't want I don't want Khabib's career to be like oh well you could have lost we had a fought Tony or I don't want that if it's like the Manny Pacquiao Mayweather fight I don't want it to, to not happen I'd rather have it happen and be shit than it not happen yeah and let, so, yeah. Let's, let's just say that then right uh, myself and Rusty Tony Ferguson was going to win you think Justin Gaethje is going to win right let's let's play devil's advocate here then as you, I know you're just getting into it just so people understand if Justin Gaethje wins what happens lads and then we'll get into Tony Ferguson if he wins what happens yeah, well, all of Joe Z is going to be licking his lips because they're both managed by the same fella. So I can see them fighting each other for the belt. I think just if Justin Gaethje wins, it's going to be Justin Gaethje versus Khabib. It has to be the interim interim lightweight title versus the the current champ. Um, I don't want to see that. Not that it doesn't entertain me. I just I think that's a hard fight for Khabib. And don't get me wrong, I think. I think Justin Gaethje could beat Khabib and people don't really know. Um, but I want to see Tony Ferguson versus Khabib. I, I just know, man. It's, it's, it's the fight that everyone wants. Um, have you seen those gifts going around? It's like, it's a, it, 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 it's a disgraceful. Men only want one thing in life and then it's like looking back and it's like Khabib and Tony. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's so yeah. good. Um, I, think, I think there's another one where uh, it's like the man and woman in bed and she's like he's thinking about other, or she's there going he's thinking about other women and he's there, there oh, please please make Khabib and Tony happen please make Khabib and Tony happen <laughs> all we can say about this is the internet is undefeated it's just amazing but um, I think the possible outcomes of this fight whether whoever wins if Tony wins he's got Khabib if Tony loses I think he's got Conor McGregor I think it's the very same outcome for Justin Gaethje. He wins, he gets Khabib, he loses, he gets Connor. And then the winner of either of those Connor fights will fight for the title. And to be honest, I don't mind seeing any of those fights. I think they're all going to be amazing. I just want to see Tony and Khabib. That's all. I don't care if it happens. If, if Justin Gaethje goes in and beats Khabib and takes the title, and then we see Tony and Khabib fight, I don't care. I just want to see it happen. And I think... I think we all deserve it for, for watching it five times and having it so close so many times. I think we need Yeah, how many it. countdowns are we going to have to watch on Khabib versus Tony? Oh, my God, actually, yeah. It's, it's, it's amazing how, how they've, they've managed to... You know it. what? They should never announce that fight ever again and then, like, the week of the fight be like, this is the fight that's happening. Yeah. Mystery main event. Yeah, the way they they Brock Lesnar come back. They just need to bring those two to an event and just let them scrap. Just let the two of them go at it. Don't. Yeah, I don't care whether it's for the belt now. I just need to know who's better. Yeah, I just want to see it happen. Just, just Khabib comes in, walks into a venue, and Tony just goes over and cracks him, and the two of them just have a scrap on the street. I'm cool with that. Let's just see that. Yeah, uh, I know. Also, obviously, we brought up Conor McGregor's name. There was rumors that he could be taking on Jorge Masvidal at UFC Fight Island. 
What are your thoughts on that, lads? Uh, yes or no? No, I don't care about it. Um, see look, it. I'll definitely watch it. Obviously, uh, obviously I'll watch it. But are you like, sure? I just sort of want to see Maz Vidal fight welterweights and I want to see McGregor fight lightweights. Like, yeah. that's sort of it. Yeah. Uh, look, the BMF belt was cool and all that, but like, Give me, give me Maz Vidal against Diaz, isn't it? It's not. Oh, you know what? I want to see Usman versus Edwards, and I want to see Maz Vidal versus Covington because I think that's a real beef there. Both out of the same gym and everything. I'd love to see that. That'd be entertaining. Yeah, lads. First of all, I'm sure the people that checked this out and watched the whole way through. Thanks a million for checking out. Uh, like this was really good crack we, we thought it was a great idea to get in on the show there's also UC on Wednesday and Saturday and then they think of the following Saturday again so who knows what the situation is but in uh, thanks for coming on the show giving us your fight picks um, you know what I mean like uh, you're a good lad we're, we're going to have to do this again maybe UC 250 count me yeah. in boys yeah. I like this it also makes me it also makes me I had a nice little bit of studying last night before I played uh PlayStation, so I was sitting down watching the <laughs> and the records and looking at it, looking over some stuff and what? yeah. No, this good was set. good. This was good. Like I mean, like I mean, you, you have in ring experience and uh, yeah, that's why people just like me, myself and Ross usually just do this by ourselves. But we're like, you know what? Like I mean, why not get someone in that really wants to talk about? It? And obviously, you can't get the battle tour people in. And then like like we can't yeah. we, we don't really even know in Sean O'Malley again. So we we're like right, we get the, we get Eno in, you know. Yeah, no, and I, I think it, I sense. think it's obviously a nice insight to have someone who's in the cage. Like yeah, look, is it Ross? Yeah, lovely. Yeah. The problem with all MMA, MMA media and just media in general is, unless you've actually stepped in there, it's very hard to understand how kind of styles can play out like when you when you sit down and you listen to like joe rogan speak about mma he's amazing but when you or john anik or any of them but when you listen to daniel cormier yeah dominic cruz paul felder they just go so in depth because they know every situation and that just that just makes it so interesting um because we have to know everything i mean if someone puts me in a position I have to know how to get out and I have to know how to, to survive and, and, and push through kind of the adversity. And Yeah, like if, I'm a, if, if someone puts my arm in a position, I have to know how to get out of it. I have to know kind of most of the scenarios. Obviously, I'm not going to know all of them depending on positions, but you have to be you have to be able to fight through adversity and know positions and knowledge is such a massive thing for me in MMA. I think that the smarter you are in MMA and the more stuff you, you know, and that's why I'm constantly training every day, day in, day out, trying to improve my, my MMA knowledge. And that's where you see the lads just excel when they're, they're talking about positions because it just, it's a different insight and it's a different understanding as to other people. So I could sit here and talk about fights all day, lads, and I'd happily do it again. So. Well, that's another reason why Brendan Shaw's show is doing brilliantly as well, because he has the info experience as well. But, uh, yeah, as we said, this was really great crack. Thanks for coming on. Um, I'm sure we'll do it again for UC250. So, hopefully, whoever watches this isn't trying to book in for that, you know? Bury them trying to crack. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Ross, anything else to say before we wrap it up? No, guys. Uh, Ian, first of all, thanks very much for uh, coming on the show. Uh, if you enjoy watching this show, uh, make sure to like, share, subscribe, follow me and Gary on all the social. And as always, stay energized. Yeah, stay energized. Yeah.